analyze the games that we love, headlines and music, and the moves we can't forget. I'm Ghost Wonder Birds, but my kind of part, save my horse. How's it going, man? I'm falling. glad to be back on. I feel left out. <laughs> I feel left out. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> End of the year tradition. I was like, man, we're saving. <laughs> it's alright. I'm not loved on full scope. No. Well, for, for this one, we're joined by a special guest, Micah McDonald. He's been on for past episodes, a former college and a high school classmate of mine. Thanks so, so much for being back on, man. Yeah, it's exciting to be here. I finally know the last two, Savon wasn't there either, so I'm glad to have Savon back on for this one. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, we have a lot of topics to get into for this one. Obviously, going to recap the college football playoff. I'm going to have some uh, NBA topics and NFL ones, and in the second half, we're going to do some album reviews. To start off with Michigan's win versus Alabama at the Rose Bowl, Michigan won 27-20, and Blake Corum rushed for a 17-yard touchdown. In the second snap of overtime, and that was the play that you know that really decided the game. But the Jalen Milroy being stopped two yards short of the end zone on the final snap closed the game for Michigan. And it's an interesting game, Micah, because there were many times where Michigan they were making a lot of mistakes, um, self-inflicted wounds, and but they they were able to keep the game close. And then Jalen Milroy he had moments of flashes of, of brilliance, but then also the self-inflicted wounds, the turnovers, the fumbles, obviously the, the snap issues. So you like what stood out to you in that game, and also you know how Michigan was able to, to pull it off. It was it was quite a weird game because you you watch the first half and you get to the end of the first half, and if you don't know the score and you see what's happening, you think Michigan's up by twenty. Yeah, and they weren't. And then you look at the second half; that's the same thing, but Alabama's way. But you mentioned the self-inflicted dunes. You mentioned the snaps, especially on Alabama's side, uh, two yeah. consecutive error snaps when they were driving down the field. Um, I think some of the biggest things is the pressure that they got on the quarterback because this was the first time in, I think, eight games for Michigan against Minnesota where they were never sacked at all. Right. And also they, they made six sacks on Jalen Milrow. So you have a total conf- conflagration of pressure. And also you have Michigan who JJ McCarthy threw three touchdown passes. That was his fourth time all season. And the first time in a big game, last three times were against Eastern Carolina, Indiana, and Michigan State in blowouts. Right. But also it's the first time against Alabama's defense that there was a there was a quarterback that threw three touchdown passes since week two against Texas, which they also lost that game. So there's a couple of, of things that we haven't necessarily seen, but I think Michigan showed that we can play with the big team. And McCarthy showed that he can actually ball. He didn't throw a lot of yards, but he didn't throw an interception, and he was throwing touchdown passes, and he was commanding the game, and they, they did it when it mattered. Exactly. Um, to you, Savon, what did you kind of think about this win overall? Obviously, this was your pick from the jump to, 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 win, the, to win the championship. You were really high on Michigan. They showed they were battle tested, um, showed a lot of experience, made mistakes, but but figured figured out a way. And they didn't panic. There were some times in like yeah. past college football playoff losses or even bowl games where they would panic and make mistakes. Even that TCU lost last year. What stood out to you the most in, in this win for them? JJ McCarthy. He stood out the most. This is not the same quarterback from a year ago. I knew this is going to be a game where Alabama was going to take away, which they always do, take away your biggest threat, which is Blake Corum, only at 83 yards. Obviously, he exploded at the end of regulation, scored the touch, the winning touchdown, go ahead and touchdown to go up 27-20 in, in overtime. But they were stopping Blake Corum. J.J. McCarthy looked really well. I, this, this is the difference between him and last year. He didn't understand the big moments or how to maneuver wit through the big moments. This time he was so accurate. The wide receivers was uh <laughs> were uh you know surprised by a lot of a lot of great throws, a lot of confidence 
and his abilities. And obviously, we, we know JJ's not going to put up 300, 400 yards a game like Michael Penix or Ewers or all these other guys. But he's a game manager, which is Michigan loves those type of quarterbacks coming yeah. in. And he's not going to make many mistakes. And he's going to allow his offense to do what they do. He's going to get the ball down the field. He's going to game manage. And that's what I expected Alabama to do. Stop the run. Make JJ play make him throw, and that's exactly what they did. But he stepped up to the plate, and he also did it. But I, I love what Michigan was able to do to Jalen. I knew that's what they're going to do. They're going to get out to the football. This offensive line who played really well the last three, four games, had a little confidence in them, walking across the field, walking <laughs> in the middle <laughs> of the defense. You guys just don't know this front seven is really, really good, and they showed that with five sacks in the first half. So with Jalen – we know he can be a good quarterback. There's a little mechanics that still need to be tweaked, and he'll be okay next year. He He's still a young quarterback, even though he's been there for a couple of years. He's still a young quarterback, and I understood what they're going to do to him, and they did just that. The last play of the game. That's what I wanted to get to, the last play. that I don't get why that's the play that you pick. I just that's I don't, the I don't get it. That's play, and I'm going to tell you why that's okay. the perfect play. That, what Nick Saban Devon's said, they had three plays. Same. <laughs> Every time you say that, they had three plays call, right? The first play, obviously, Michigan takes the timeout. Second play, Bama takes the timeout or something like that. And the third play, it's obviously the RPO. It's not a fake quarterback going up the field. It was an RPO. He read that completely wrong. As soon as they called the play, I knew it was worth because they ran it twice. One, it was a uh, a quarterback fake this way, had a uh, had a pulling guard, went up the field. He, and he did another play like that in the beginning of, of the first, second quarter. So those plays were working. One, the snap was messed up. So the timing of that play is messed up. And he's a young quarterback. So the wheels are spinning real fast. I don't want to make something bad out of what it is. I'm going to go ahead and go for it. So if you look how the Westcom bend, if he fakes to the RPO right here, and bends the corner, touchdown. If he fakes the bend, throws it out, they have blockers on the outside, that's a touchdown. It was just the timing of the play was messed up. I think it was a good play. I think it was a good play call. A lot of people don't think so, but if you play football and watch football, that was a perfect play call because the running quarterback runs were working, and then the screens were working, especially on, I think it was a fourth quarter, them driving down the field. They started mixing up, spreading Michigan out a little bit, because obviously they can't run on Michigan, spreading them out, getting over top, making Jaylee run with his legs. But I thought it was a good play call. That's just me. Michael, when, when you saw that last play, what, what was kind of going going through your head? Through your head I like, mean, it was it was befuddling. Yeah, it was befuddling because in the moment, you're you're not you're not getting being able to analyze what what other things are happening. So in the moment, you're watching Jalen Milrow run straight to the middle of the front seven who had just stacked him six times that game. And you're 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 just you're saying they're like what was that call after three time or two timeouts and this is their third play call and you, and that's what happens but I mean Saban's correct it was it was a RPO play that was supposed to work if he had gone to the outside it would have worked if we had passed it it would have worked but Jalen Milrow and, and credit to the young man I mean if you look if you look at what he's done this season and the adversity he's had to overcome getting benched having a horrible game against USF and you think this guy's never going to play in the league again. This guy is bad. He's not. He's just not up to snuff. He needs a lot more, a, a lot more work. And man, he took that. He took that mantle when he got back the starting job, and he didn't look back. And he's been absolutely incredible. Um, but he blew that last play. But he's a, he's a, as as Savon said, he's a young man. He's a young he's a young guy. He'll be able to 
work on that. He's going to learn from that mistake, center. and he's going to the center. The center blew that play. Oh, the center is ho- absolutely horrible. Yeah, which is why he just transferred out. Yeah, you know, I like, saw that. I was like, <laughs> it was it was absolutely go. bad. He was a bad guy. But even if you're Jalen Milrow, I mean, you have to understand. Even in that moment, I understand you got to make a quick decision. But the play there, even with the messed up snap, is not to run up the middle against the Michigan team that just sacked you six times. And he didn't have anything. They they were all there. If he had gone to the outside, he's quick, especially showing what he could do in the fourth yeah. quarter and running the ball. He was he was running all over them from the side. Um, but to me, they wouldn't they would not have been in that position if it weren't for two players. That was Reichert and Burnett. Their punter mm-hmm. and kicker saved their game. Reichert yeah. was absolutely incredible. He's a legend. He, he's he's yeah. uh, one of the highest scorers in history of college football. And Burnett averaged fifty yards a punt, a long of sixty two on seven punts. He and he even after getting hit it with his knee and his calf in the first quarter, he was absolutely incredible. Credit to their special teams, it, except the, the drops, but credit to their kicker and punter for being putting them in the position to continue to be in that game. But right. yes, it was a it was a it was a right play call. Nick Saban knows what he's doing. He's not going to make a mistake in the play call. He knew exactly what he's doing. It was just run poorly, and and the execution just wasn't there. Definitely. And now getting to the Washington-Texas analysis and kind of thoughts on the dramatic finish of that. Washington won 37-31. to Michael Penix Jr. threw for 430 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Texas had four shots at the end zone after getting to the Washington 12 with 15 seconds left. And, man, this this was a wild a, a wild finish to the game. Um, Michael Penix, I thought, he's to me, he's been one of the, like, the most impressive quarterback this, this year. I know Jaden Daniels won the Heisman, but Penix is, like, so accurate, so precise. Um, he put up another great game. To you, Micah, what were your thoughts on how this game ended and, and Texas having a shot at the end to win it? Well, it, this game was just proof of what Michael Penix is. He's an incredible quarterback. You, you you saw it when he went to Indiana, a fledgling program, and he took them and he actually did something with them in the limited time that, that he was there. He went to this team and he's immediately taking them to the national championship game. The boys balling out. They have one of the best offenses in college in college football. Uh, and he exposed a horrible defensive game plan by Texas. Yes. Why is Texas yes. running man? Yes. And I'm gonna Thank I'm gonna you. read to you some drives. I'm gonna read to you some drives. I did my homework. Okay. I'm gonna read to you some drives. First, first Washington drive, a 77 yard bomb to Jalen Polk to set up a touchdown. That was main coverage. <laughs> Third Washington drive, two 20 plus yard passing plays to set up a touchdown. Fourth Washington drive, a 52 yard pass to Roma Dunze, but failed to convert on the fourth and one that they could have gotten a field goal on. Then in the fifth drive, a 29-yard touchdown pass to Polk. And the 10th Washington drive, 32-yard pass to Dunze to set up a field goal. That's 24 points given up on those uh, out of the 37 on those drives. Mm-hmm. And all of those were blown on man coverage. And if you were watching, I was watching the, uh, the, uh, um, the cast that had uh, Colt McCoy on it. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying, why are we running man? Why are we running man? And that was just the only thing I could think of the whole game. And they kept doing it over and over again. It was, it was a horrible game plan. And then Washington almost blew it themselves by not kneeling the ball at the end. Texas should have never been in the position to almost win that game. And they almost blew that. But, I mean, Penix just showed he, – he'll expose what you're going to give him. He exposed the man coverage, a horrible game plan by Texas. Yeah. Texas should have been able to win that game if they had just run some deep zones and some cover threes and cover fours. But they didn't. They ran man on the best on the best wide receiver core in the, in the country. Yeah. Uh, to, to you, Savon, what were your overall thoughts on that game? Obviously. Um, the, the things Texas weren't able to do, and also what Michael Penix um, showed th- throughout the duration of that game. I got to say, this is my pick again. You didn't say that. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, that's <was laughs> Michigan and Washington for the championship. Michigan is going to win. 
Uh, but what I took away from this game, I had to go back and watch some more tape of Michael Penix because I, I knew he was a good quarterback, but I didn't know he was this accurate. The, even the game, the first and second game with Oregon, Oregon yeah. I just thought he was a great decision maker. His accuracy wasn't on display. But for the first time, I had to really go watch Indiana, uh, uh, Indiana highlights or just film from there, film from earlier this year. I'm looking like, man. He he might go further. I know because of his injuries, he might fall to the second round. But I'm thinking, like, if somebody wanting to, like, have some trust or do like they did with Anthony Richardson uh, when they drafted to the Colts, I think this guy can go first round. He's that type of caliber of quarterback. He has all the mechanics, all the tangible things, intangible things in a quarterback. He has a dog in him. He can extend plays. He's accurate. He has the pocket presence. I'm thinking, like, man, how did he go to Indiana? <laughs> How did he end up in Indiana at all out of all the teams? And he's this type of kind of quarterback. But the second thing I took about obviously, why is Texas? I understand you had 25 sacks this season. You're you're on a high. And I told people Texas wasn't really back because they had to tell at an extent of their schedule, they play some teams that wasn't even worth talking about. And they they had it, they what they play Oklahoma State in their in their conference championship. And a lot of people's like, oh, yeah, Texas. No, bro. Texas skipped in because of where they were on. I think they were like well, number six or something like that. But I knew this was going to happen because they're going to get cocky. The office is not going to move like they think they're going to move. And obviously they, they had a, a run late. But why run, man? 25 sacks is cool. But you have Michael Penix Jr. You have uh, Polk. Um, doing, it's a lot of wide receivers on that. Everybody was having a field day. I just didn't understand it. If I'm going to do anything, I'm going to make them beat the middle of the field. I'm running cover two. You're not going to take the top on nobody. And then we can get to the quarterback with, and, and do cover sacks instead of trying to run man. And, you know, it's a lot of stuff that I, I didn't like with the Texas. But the first thing I took from Michael Penny Jr., that boy going to play on Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah, he's, he's definitely going to play on Sundays. Yeah, yeah, he's a good quarterback. And, and for and for the the championship, in terms of just like some early things that you guys are looking for, like like to me, I think um, you know Michigan they they obviously have the, the better defense. Washington has it, it's a contrast of styles. Washington has the high tempo offense. Um, yep. to, to you, Micah, like what's going to be the key that really decides this game? Obviously, that Washington offensive line has to really step up. Um, so Penix can have time, but what what to you is going to be like the biggest key? Uh. Well, we 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 just talked about him with Michael Penix yeah. because I I, I, cons- I consider the the he he is the game changing factor between a Washington and Ohio State because Ohio State has a similar offense they have a similar like we have we have wide receivers that can do work they got a Mecca and they got Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, and Michigan had the ability to stop them, but they also didn't have a good quarterback. He, he's not he's not Michael Penix, you know, and, and and they have a decent running game and and Washington has an average running game. The thing, the thing that is different here, because we, we got two matchups that were similar play styles, right? Michigan and Alabama are both run. We, we run the ball. Yeah. And we, we have good defenses. That's what we're going to do. And, and Texas and Washington, we pass the ball. That's what yeah. we do. And, and Washington kind of impressed, even though for the whole year, they've had an incredibly shaky secondary. <laughs> the, last, the last half of the fourth quarter, those boys shut them down. Yeah. And an incredible. Obviously, it was it was kind of an inaccurate throw on that last play, but he made the play. He made the play that he needed to make. If it was a jump ball, I think Adam Mitchell would have gotten that. 
yeah. but he wasn't able to jump and get that ball. He had to get his feet down. But they 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 stopped them. They made the plays that they needed to make. They also gave up a lot of yards. So that's that's where you're thinking in, and you have J.J. McCarthy, what he did against a good Alabama defense, and him being able to throw three touchdowns and getting the ball down the field against a really really shaky Washington uh, secondary. But I think Washington also has a stronger front seven than Alabama does. You have you have Raylan Trice, and you have those guys up there that are actually solid on the defensive line that can that can make a lot of pressure. But again, what Michigan didn't give up any sacks last game against uh, Alabama front seven that is pretty decent with the shaky secondary. So you have a little bit of similarities there. But again, I think the difference is Michael Penix because mm-hmm. we saw a close game with Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah. And I think Michael Penix is the changing factor. He can actually make stuff happen. He can throw the deep ball accurately. He can he can call changes on the fly. He can run the ball when he needs to. And so that's going to be the difference. I, I'm I'm hoping that I'm wanting to see if Michigan can keep the same amount of pressure as they can. I'm looking yeah. to see if Blake Corm can can make the changes that he needs to make in this game and if his backup can actually do something because he his backup I think at 13 Dylan Edwards had like 13 yards or something like that. It was yeah. very very low in the last game where he's normally a guy that can that can hit hit that outside and go. Um, but my my playmaking difference is Michael Penix because he is one of the most impressive quarterbacks in the last recent years. You, you talk about stats and talking like, how could he go to Indiana? Well, his stats are comparable to Patrick Mahomes. And we're talking about how could he go yeah. to Texas tech, right. you know, and, and he's not Patrick Mahomes. Don't get me twisted. But <laughs> his stats are comparable to that, that Mahomes season, his last season, the Texas tech. And he's a phenomenal, phenomenal quarterback with weapons that are healthy now. And I think yeah. he is the playmaking difference in this game. And he's the one, if, if they can score, the game is over for, uh, for Michigan. Absolutely. Uh, to you, Savon, what would be your, your big like um, X factor uh, for this upcoming national championship? A lot of people haven't got to Michael Penix Jr. That he's he, he reminds me of Tom Brady, how fast he gets the ball out. And if, if he holds the ball, he's decisive of where he's going to go. He understands his offensive line is not as good. So he's, he's going to not – He's patient. He's, gonna, he's not going to put his – Offensive line in situations where they have the block longer than expected. Yeah. Now we look at the Michigan defense, six sacks against Alabama. Obviously, there's it's a cohort of styles of offensive linemen. They played really good for the last three or four games, gave up six sacks. I think they get to Michael Penix Jr. This will be the first time Michael will have to be more decisive as he has been because I don't think this offensive line is going to hold as much as they did to other games. This Michigan defense is hungry. They see blood in the water. They understand that they can run man and get to the quarterback. I think this is out of – I keep telling people Michigan is one of the most complete football teams this year, and it continues to show. And I think the difference is if they take the running game, and I think if they're going to allow Blake Corum to be Blake Corum, the play calling has to be different. You see the difference, the, the run plays he had, in OT, besides in the regular regular play, like they were doing him zones to the outside. They were doing different, like stop running him up the middle. I know he's a bruiser, but he also is a loose running back. And obviously they're looking for him to go into the play calling has to be different for Blake Corum. And I think J.J. McCarthy just showed the world that if I'm put in a situation and I have to game manage and I have to throw the football, I'm more than capable of doing it. So I don't think Washington is going to be able to, they're going to have to blitz him. They got the blitz, and then if he has time, he's gonna he's gonna deliver. He's gonna be accurate. I think it's gonna be a, a wits of what quarterback can outwit the other the defense. If they can get the Michael Penix Jr., 
those deep balls, all that is going to be non-existent. And six sacks shows you Michigan is more than capable of getting to the quarterback. So it's going to be an interesting game. Michael Penny Jr., show the world you're the best quarterback and you should have won Heisman. I don't it's, still think he should have won Heisman. Chance Daniels, he can do it. What an opportunity to do Jayden it. Jaden Daniels deserved it. <laughs> and McCarthy showed himself, too, because he didn't just throw to Roman Wilson. He actually threw to other guys. And yeah. Roman Wilson was re- relatively quiet for most of the game until the fourth quarter. But he actually threw to some that huge play. I can't remember his name, but that huge play on the sideline that happened about 30 yards down the field. He's throwing to players that aren't, that aren't Roman Wilson, so Washington has yeah. to watch more than one guy now, and it's, that's going to be scary for them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Good point. Um, not interesting to the NFL with uh, the Ravens uh, dominating the Dolphins. Baltimore won 56-19, also clinched a division title, plus the top seed in the AFC. Lamar Jackson finished 18-21 of without an interception and a perfect pass rating of, of 158.3. Um, and, man, the, the, this has been a great year for Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, obviously – the, the clear, you know, say a couple episodes we're, we're talking about who's going to be the MVP. Lamar Jackson, he, he like, there's no doubt about who's going to be the MVP now with, with how he's playing. Um, in terms of what they're doing, being the, the one seed for the AFC, uh, also questions about, hey, should they rest their starters or or not for the last game just because of what happened a few years ago when they did that, then were, were one and out in the playoffs. To you, Micah, yeah. what are your overall thoughts on what Baltimore is doing and how far they, can they go? Well, it's quite astonishing because we we had uh, we had a battle of the top two teams in the AFC last last week, and we, we've but this is the tail of the tape. I'll give you the tail of the tape. Miami is two and four against teams five hundred or better. Two and four. Mm-hmm. One of those teams being the Broncos, who only turned it on in the second half of the season. The Ravens, however, are ten and three against teams five hundred or better, eight and three, and still in playoff contention. The other team was Bengals, who they beat twice, by the way. So that's that's to me the biggest difference. And obviously, Miami is hurting now because they lost Phillips, they lost Howard, they now just lost Chubb for the rest of the season as well. Mm. Um, And and Waddles out this week. Hill's coming back from an injury, but the Ravens the Ravens are interesting because you have the number one offense in the league against the number four defense in the league. But the Ravens are also number one in sacks and number one in turnovers uh, forced on defense. So they have an incredible defensive front that is able to work. And now you just see uh, an offense that is dominating. Isaiah Likely is playing great ball at tight end position for Mark Andrews. Um, and the Ravens' losses, this is the key here, the Ravens' losses that they have are due to pressure. Four sacks the Colts had against them. Four sacks the Steelers had against them. And three sacks the Browns had against them. So the difference for anybody in the playoffs coming up if you can pressure Lamar Jackson, because that's his weakness, does not do well under pressure. He really doesn't. And the teams that were able to play against him, because, again, he has to come from behind. And he showed himself that he can play quarterback. I, don't, I, I hate the people that are, that are coming out. He's still running back. He's still this. No. He can play quarterback. Yeah, he can play. Throw through five touchdowns last game against the second-best team of the AFC. Against Jalen Ramsey. You know, the, the, he, he did it against guys that are, that are actually good. He can play the game, yeah. but they're the biggest thing for them. They have a dominant offensive line that gives Jackson time, avoiding his shakiness under pressure. But when they do fail, when they do falter, that's where they implode, and that's when they lose the game. But their offensive line is crazy with Tyler Linder, Linderbaum and et cetera. Those guys are absolutely phenomenal. He's a great center, one of the best centers in the game. So that's the tail of the tape that comes in. Looking at Miami, Miami Miami's looking rough. <laughs> Miami, Miami, you don't know what you're going to get from them. <laughs> You don't know what they're going you're going to get for them. It's very it's very frustrating because they're inconsistent against good teams. You can beat yeah. the Bills, but then you lose like this to the Ravens. And I'm not comparing the Ravens to the Bills. They're totally different teams. They're, they're still 
both right now playoff teams. Bills can make um, get their two seed, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> they can if they win this yeah. week. And it, it, it's weird because you Miami just came off a win against a talented Cowboys team. And then you lose like this. And it's it's frustrating because <laughs> you don't under I don't understand this. I understand that they're lost three of their biggest defensive playmakers. I get that. I understand that. But you also only had one of them for the Cowboys game that you held them under 20. So the, a lot of things have to change. There's inconsistency on, on defense, and they're getting exposed right now. But the Ravens are exciting. Obviously, they're the favorite in the AFC to get to the Super Bowl. They're probably the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Um, but we'll see at the tail of the tape. If, if, uh, if, he has, if he doesn't get pressure, it's a whole game-changing performance for, for the MVP, MVP favor right now. Definitely. Um, to you, Savon, in terms of the big picture for Baltimore, what are you, what are like realistic expectations? Like, do you feel as though if they make the AFC Championship <laughs> and lose, that's mm. a good like, like, like what is what would be constituted a good season for for Baltimore in terms of just like where the, where they're currently playing? They got to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, got think, to. To I think to really shut people up about Lamar Jackson's ability to play quarterback, he has to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And now, if he wins the second MVP, he'll be the youngest quarterback or youngest player ever. Twenty six, two and twenty six. <laughs> and when he once he does that, it's still going to be. I, I saw something on TikTok. A, a lady was. I don't know what show it was. I think it was like TV. She was like, "I want my quarterbacks to be quarterbacky," and I really so just wanted to reach into the phone and <laughs> shut up. Going. How did you get this? How are you here? You want your quarterbacks to be quarterbacky? Okay, all right. All right, lady. Um, <laughs> but I was on the fence for Lamar Jackson with MVP because of the numbers. But these last three, four weeks, he's been putting – obviously, just 321, five touchdowns, no interceptions, 18 for 21. QBR was 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 phenomenal. And what the biggest takeaway from the Baltimore Ravens, and he they definitely have to win a Super Bowl. I'd, winning ACC championship is – Not championship. enough. Yeah, yeah, it's not enough. Just hearing it, it's not enough, ACC championship. <laughs> no, we won a Super Bowl. They built this team to win a Super Bowl. They have this this style of play and playbook for them to win a Super Bowl and to just denounce all the haters. But the defense is what's coming. Patrick Queen, uh, J. Davion Clowney is coming out of the woodworks. Uh, Marlon Humphreys, who's still you need to you need to bulk up a little bit because uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing, bro. <laughs> That's a kill shot, and Westcom just ate it. Debo just ate it. But the defense is playing way better. Top four defense in the NFL. I mean, to, to what they had to come from a lot. I mean, it's 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 kind of funny, man, because I didn't have Ravens on my radar in the beginning of the season. I don't mm. think anybody outside of the fans really had the Ravens on their radar. And now it's not because of yeah. Mark Jackson is not a good quarterback in the offense. J.K. JK Domas went down again. They just had another guy go down again. Mark Andrews went down at the beginning of the season. Yep. And then there was a lot of drop passes, not on Lamar Jackson. So we didn't know what this offense was going to be eventually. But, I mean, they – it's a lot of – a lot of mixed direction, a lot of RPOs, a lot of making the defense think. And I think that's the the counteract for – aggressive defense you got to think against the ravens you just can't run a specific play you have to be very strategic on how you run it how you do it what's the sign this and that and i think that's what the dolphins fell into they didn't i don't think they realized how many movements and how many plays was in the one play the baltimore ravens have and lamar jackson is one play he faked like he was going to throw left came back to the right threw a dart because i think they were like 
I want to say cover two. It wasn't the middle of the field. So I think it was probably like a cover one, middle of the field, safety over top, man on the outside. So it's probably like cover one to cover zero. And he threw a dart accurate. Not his feet was not planted either. It was against Miami. It was a beautiful play. I think I forgot what linebacker said this in the interview. And I was like, yeah, that was a beautiful play. Fake left like he's throwing with his left hand. Come back. Not even plant his foot. Throw a dart. Had to be like 50 yards. Accurate. Crazy. And but he's not quarterbacky. He's got an arm, man. He's won the Heisman. He's won an MVP. What more do you want from the man? Yeah. And he and like Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers shows himself that he's a good wide receiver. Oh yes. He, he's pristine, and that was a phenomenal pick. Yes. Should have been the first wide receiver taken out of the draft. But I that's here, so too. Here to say. Yeah. I don't know who Quentin Johnson is. He's clearly not a wide receiver anymore in the NFL. <laughs> um, but but great uh, point. He's he's he. Don't get his whistle though. He's got help. With the, in- with the injuries from Joe Burrow, you know, they had played him in the first game, but they didn't have him in the second game, and especially with MVP help. You had Brock Purdy throwing those four interceptions or whatever it was. He's and You have Tyreek Hill injured, who if he, if he had stayed healthy, if he had gotten over 2,000 yards, Tyreek Hill should have won the MVP, but he got, he got injured. That's <laughs> well as he's got, Well as he's got. Now the 49ers. Brock Purdy is legit. <laughs> Except the one game, he's he's stat leading in almost every category. But anyway, regardless, because he's got some help, and but he's but he's taken he's taken what he's needed to take. He said, "These are my last few games in in, in this season. I'm going to show them that I should deserve the MVP." And right now, he's a runaway favorite. He's going to win yeah. that. They're first in the AMC. Um, they have to get to the Super Bowl because it, I mean, even when they get to the playoffs, you still might have to face Tua. You still might have to face Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You still might have to face Josh Allen. It's a talented yeah. like, AMC is overloaded in talent in the quarterback position. Yeah, and so you never know what's going to happen. It even just the Browns, game. even it the Browns, the Browns are tough. And the Browns, <laughs> the Browns are crazy. Joe Flacco, that's my guy. That's MVP right there. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joey, I just get it. But oh, that would be a, such a great game if we could play against the Ravens in the playoffs. That would be, yeah, that would be dope. Definitely. Um, and now getting to, to the uh, Cowboys-Lions game, uh, Dallas won 20-19 to 19 this past Saturday night. The Lions uh, went Cowboys. for two after their late touchdown, but Lyman Taylor Decker was going an ineligible receiver. Detroit failed to convert the, the next two tries. Um, even seeing that, like, when the, the, the touchdown was upheld and then the refs were just looking at each other, hey, we can't let the Cowboys lose tonight. <laughs> we just got to throw the ball. <laughs> it was a wild finish. But, but, but to you, Micah, what were your thoughts on how the game ended? Um, and, and obviously Detroit, I mean, it, it's, it's a game D- D- Detroit should have won, but that, that, that play gets taken back. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking when you watch. And even if you're the Cowboys, that's not a good win. That's not you a good feel win. good about that. I hope not. You know, but <laughs> don't feel good about that. For, so number one, that play should, should not have been called the way that it was called. You can clearly see Sewell and Decker go up with, or Skipper go up with Decker to con- try to confuse the defense. But the ref called the wrong person eligible. And so they said, even if he wasn't, this guy was ineligible, it would have been uh, a, a, an illegal formation because he was inside the tight end. The other guy was that they said that they reported as ineligible. But I think we can see that they were wrong considering they were just downgraded in our fan from the playoffs for this season, at least. So that's not going to happen. But also, that that we should never have gone to that play because they called a horrible tripping call on the drive before that for the Cowboys. That was mm. supposed to go the other way. So the play never should have happened. Cowboys should have had the ball. They should have gotten the first and 10 on that tripping call. So they, they blew it twice. Cowboys should have won the game if they called the, if they called the tripping play right. But because they called it, one, called it wrong, Detroit then should have won the game with that wrong call. So, we, But I, if I'm Detroit, I'm feeling good. I played against a talented Cowboys team, and I stuck with them, and, and 
to a close game and should have won the game. Detroit, the, the Detroit Lions are proving they can be a playoff team. They're not a bad team. Amon Ross St. Brown is proving himself to be one of the best wide receivers in football. Even you don't though think Detroit is better football. than the Cowboys? No, absolutely not. But oh, I'm saying wow. they, they, they feel That's good about crazy. that win. They should feel good about – I mean, you're, you're going crazy. against – you just don't know. They're inexperienced in the playoffs, even though Cowboys stink in the playoffs. I understand that. Don't get twisted. In December. Uh, yeah, specifically. <laughs> I get, don't get twisted. I understand. But uh, it, we don't know. We don't know the unknown. There's there's an unknown again in one with Detroit, and there, there's a consistently known bad playoff contender in, in Dallas. And so I'm having to compare uh, – Dak and C.D. Lamb, who's coming off one, who's having one of the best seasons, he's having the best season that he's ever had, and one of the best wide receiver receiver stat seasons this season. He's doing incredible. He would have been first, even though Tyreek Hill is still first, even with a couple games out. That just shows the dynamic miss of Tyreek Hill. Um, but it's a good, it's a good playoff playoff preview. And I think both of them, I think Detroit should be more excited because they proved that they can stay with the talented team and almost won the game against the talented team. Probably should have won the game against the talented. Definitely. Uh, so you say, Vaughn, what were your thoughts on the end of the game and also, you know, how the Lions should feel going, going, heading into the postseason? Boo, 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 boo. These referees are just hot garbage, bro. They're, again, and I'll keep saying this, every time they mess up, there has to be some type of accountability. And I know Roger Goodell can overturn something, whatever. There has to be some type of accountability for these referees. Because it was blatant. Like, all these mishaps are blatant. And they just, how many times a dude got to check in? At this point, you his wife. How many times he got to check in with you? That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It should be one time. If, you, if you're the white hat, you're the head guy, correct? If I check in with you and you give me a head nod and you run off, bro. Should be good. We should be good. Game's over. Game's over, right? Obviously, they had a couple more tries, but still. Which they should have done. They should have just kicked the field goal after. They should after that. And I love the aggressiveness that they did have, but this would have never happened. I think the biggest thing is there has to be some accountability for these referees. Obviously, they're human. They're going to make mistakes, but not blatant mistakes like hand on the line in my own off, checking in, which they do a thousand times with – with tight ends and offensive linemen, there has to be some type of accountability. And then Dak Prescott can't play in December. Well, let's say we talked about that. Yeah. We talked about his MVP All caliber. If he can finish, yeah. If we can, if he can finish in December, I don't know what exactly. it is about Cowboys quarterback these last years. <laughs> Tony and Dak. It's the curse of Tony Romo, man. man. It's the curse of Tony Romo. He dropped that. He dropped that field goal. Oh yeah, I guess ever, the Seahawks. Oh, ever since, oh, ever ever, since then it was over. <laughs> ever since then it was over. That's crazy. That is right. When you first came in from Witzo. Ah, Witzo have put so many quarterbacks on the map. Tom he really Brady, did. Tony Honestly, Romo. man. Bless when he says flower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom Blitzo. But man, that, I think the Lions is way they're capable of making a run for the Super Bowl. It's just because how aggressive they are, I think it's going to get on a lot of teams' fingernails, skin, whatever the case may be. I think they want to be aggressive. They want to be the aggressor because for so many years, trust me, I'm a Green Bay Packers for them. We've been whipping their butt for years. So maybe I'm a little biased because I'm NFC North, but 
I think they have a chance to make a run for it. I think they have the the, the weapons. Obviously, they go toe-in-toe with a hot Dallas Cowboys team and come up short because of the referees' incompetence. I'm just going to say that. But I do think they play like that against any team. Look at the first game of the season against the Chiefs. I mean, it's a laundry list of teams that they beat handily or stay toe-to-toe with and show how good they are. They clinched the division for the first time in so many years. Obviously, they don't, like you said, they don't have the, the playoff um, experience, but a lot of teams don't have the playoff experience, really. Um, when Joe Burrow don't went to the Super Bowl, they never been in uh playoffs in about 10, 10 years since Westcom was the head coach. What now? Um, Marvin. So there's a lot of teams that have the experience. I never take that. It's the NFL. So I never take that into account of the experience they have. If it was college, for sure. For college is for sure. But these are grown men. They they know what it takes to win to win ball games. I think the, the Lions have a chance, but that was a folly by the, the referees. At some yeah. point, there has mm-hmm. to be some accountabilities for these referees. Because yeah. yeah. The Lions are the second best team in the NFC right now. In my Who's the first? The second best. Who's the first? San Francisco. Are you seeing? Easy. That's thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Brock 49ers stock is still high. Brock Purdy. Bro. Incredible defense. Christian McCaffrey. Debo Brock, Samuel. Brandon do Mayu, not Doris say Kittle. Brock Purdy in that sentence. Brock Purdy has the, the, the stat. He has those stats because he has the top 10. He's going to say yeah. Yak. He's going to say Thank you. <laughs> Depot Samuel, Christian Puss. McCaffrey, George Kittle. Yak, so, yak, 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 no, yak. Let me, let me say something, though. Let me say something, though. He also has the highest average yards per pass in the NFL. Not, that's, that's, I'm that's, throwing that's, 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 to the though. top 10 yak receivers I that's better not, have. No. That's be, I that's better have. Yeah, that's, that's even before. Yet. That's before. Yet. No, I'm saying if I if my three if my running back, tight end, wide receiver are top ten in yak, right? And then sure. they're the top ten weapons in the league. I better have that. You act like he has. He has ten, to make the throw, bro. Me. You act like oh, he's in the NFL, bro. He better. He better. It's pitch and catch. It's like he doesn't like he has tag in junior. Or some other people that you don't know about. He has the top ten yak people in the NFL. Chris McCaffrey can have a have me back there at a quarterback and still do what he does. Come on, man. Brock Purdy is a game manager. He's not an elite quarterback. He's do, you put him in any other situation, put him in the same situation as Cam Newton when he first got it. He had Ted Ginn Jr. as his number one receiver, and he went. To the Super Bowl, yeah, Micah. Totally Micah, can we agree? Micah, can we agree? That team is healthy. If that team is healthy, last Rock year, they're in, the they're in the Super Bowl. They're in the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy can't year. take a team with nobodies. This is a elite quarterback. If you could take a team listen, to the Super listen. Bowl with wide receivers, bro, that's Brock Purdy's not a elite like quarterback, like, bro. That, that that's that's holding a quarterback to something he can't control. Yeah, he can't. Right? He's he's receivers he that's, that's, that makes you that makes you uh, uh, that's the difference between a game manager and a elite quarterback. No, he can control the receivers around him. He no, what I'm saying is people are giving him more credit he than game. he deserves. He's he deserves a, all he's the just credit. like Jimmy Grappolo. You see what happened when he's taking you. Mm, you see what mm, happens when different. you take him out. The, uh, no, that's same quarterback, <laughs> same quarterback. <laughs> Get out of here, same quarterback, <laughs> same weapons. They go to the they go to the Super Bowl. He, 
I can't say that on full scope. Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> come to the he doesn't step to the plate. He doesn't step into the plate. They lose the Super Bowl. He has the same weapons, same similar offensive line, same running game. Didn't step Let me up. T- no, no, no. Let put Brock no, no, Purdy no. in a situation where he has to be the elite quarterback. Put, We've seen that time and time. He's not a elite put quarterback. Brock Purdy, you put Brock Purdy in Oakland where Jimmy G was? They're a playoff team. I think so. I think so. They're a playoff team. They got a stellar defense. He's Michael. got Devontae Adams to throw to. That's yeah. better than any receiver that he has at the moment. Bro. Garoppolo, yeah, Garoppolo's underachieved. He can, he can make that happen. What He's is this Jacobs on the team. Brock Purdy like, love? The dude is a dud, bro. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying they go undefeated. I'm yeah, saying they make the playoffs, that. whereas Raiders are a losing team. So you're saying if Brock Purdy was with the Raiders right now. They'd be a playoff team. Micah, I, I love you to death, brother, but that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. It is. They have you the know talent. better. You know they better. Had, no, pause. They had the talent, and they had Jimmy G at quarterback, who's a past-has, has-been quarterback for one season. Not the same. Not the same. The not only the same. difference, the pl- – Everybody ahead, was this how Jimmy G. Everybody was this how Jimmy not. G. When he came from the Patriots, he trash, when he bro. took them to the Super Bowl, and then when he got into another system without Kyle Shanahan, he was a dud. And people he was were always more hesitant a dud. on Garoppolo than Purdy. People were more hesitant. And a people lot of people were hesitant on Brock. They the hype is real. Because they have Christian McCaffrey, they have Debo Samuel, they have George Kittle, they have Ayuka, they have him over there. He has so many weapons. It will be a surprise that he's not an MVP. Well, let me let me take you to the proof of why he is that guy. Last season, last season is the biggest proof of why he's actually not a game manager. Because when he got injured, everything went downhill. Everything. He's talking about. He was a third string quarterback. What are you talking about? Of course, everything is going to go downhill. Chad Henney won a playoff game when Patrick Mahomes went down. Chad Henney won a playoff game. Bro, what are you talking? You're going to 1965 with Chad Henney. Get out of here, bro. He's the third string quarterback. Of course, everything is going to go array because there's nobody else to run. They had Christian McCaffrey. They had Debo Samuel. They had Ayuk. Bro, it was going to be the same thing. He's not an elite took, quarterback. He took them. They when he was he there, took them they where? did not lose a game as a third string quarterback. He took them That's where? That's not just a third string quarterback game. Did they have any injuries besides quarterback? Did they have I, any injuries? I, I can't tell you if they do. I don't remember off the top. Of my head. I, I can tell you they did not. Trent Williams was healthy. The whole offensive lines were healthy. They had Chris McCaffrey just coming over. The other quarterbacks they couldn't had, do what he did. I'm telling you that the other quarterbacks that they had didn't do what he did. They couldn't have done it because he's actually a good quarterback. He is better good, than just a system QB. I'm it's not, not just saying the he's system. like the I'm greatest QB. He's the system. I'm not, he's I'm not saying he's Patrick bro. Mahomes. Right. I'm not saying he's Joe Burrow. I'm not saying you he's can't Josh say Allen. none of that. You I'm can't say he means, he's I'm even a hurt Aaron Rodgers. I'm just, but he's just not a system QB. Jalen Hurts is he is a system quarterback. Jalen Hurts is a system quarterback. Okay, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. And he deserves to be in the. Let me ask you this question: If he doesn't win any Super Bowls with this team, what does that say him by him as a quarterback? We we have to give him a window of four years. It depends on how the games play out. No, he had look at his roster. If he's not a Bro, don't do that. I'll fellas. give you that. Do if, he do a, that. If, if he doesn't win a Super Bowl with this roster, which he will this year, so don't get it twisted. Ah, if he get out of here. If he, if he doesn't win a Super Bowl with this roster, you can call him that. But he's had an incredible season. 
He's had to see some of the likes of the last couple of years with elite quarterbacks that you say are elite. Because He's a phenomenal you know why? All he has to do is throw it, and they're going to get yak, Micah. They're going to get 30 yards after he catches a stack stuffer. Stack stuffer. They're not going to the Super Bowl, bro. He's going to throw that Lombardi right They're not going to the Super Bowl. They're not going to the Super Bowl. Who in the NFC is going to beat that team in the NFC? Philadelphia not, Eagles, no. baby. Oh, my God. Get out of here, get, bro. You're they might be a first round exit. They might be a first round exit. This. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. It doesn't matter about the regular season. When they still have 10, win, 10, 11 wins, right? When it comes to the playoffs, have you ever seen the Philadelphia Eagles not show up? Just give me that. Have you ever seen them not show up in a the playoff? They show up. They show up. And they show up. You think they're not going to show up? But they're showing who they are. They're showing who they are. They are not as Bro. good as they were last year. It's so it's obvious. They aren't. They're not. They aren't the same Wait, team. Wins? They're not the same team. Yeah, we've been trying. Not a, we have been trying. Crazy. <laughs> they were the clean favorite. Last I don't know where you came from on the 49ers bandwagon because you was not this high of the 49ers last year or the year before. I said the 49 All this this entire year, I've been saying the Super Bowl. Haven't I? I'm talking about. I'm talking about the years prior. I don't. I oh, said I don't know where you came from. as 49ers year, love. Because we didn't believe that. Jerry yeah, we didn't Garoppolo believe Garoppolo. We didn't guy. believe in Garoppolo. I never believed. Even when they went to the Super Bowl, yeah. I was like, Chiefs are going to lose. Garoppolo is not that guy. Same quarterback. Same with Kenny. I will agree to disagree. We will revisit this in February. We will revisit this in February when they are hosting. Bro, when they don't go to Super Bowl, I want a formal apology from both of you. On Facebook. Yeah, he's going to uh, I'll only apologize if the Eagles make it. If the Eagles make it, I'll apologize. I'll apologize then. Yeah. No, 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 no. The 49ers will not make the Super Bowl. Because you All know right, why? Because Brock Purdy's going to get in a situation where he's going to have to be a league quarterback and he's not going to show up. He's going to show Playoffs up. can't right. come soon enough. We cannot wait to, to, to Yo, wait in San Francisco. This is why I miss Savon on here when I'm on. <laughs> that crazy. Yeah, you know, I'm going to say what you guys have been drinking. What's in that cup? What's in that cup? What's in that cup? It's water. What's in that cup? It's water. It's water. It's water. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, and after listening to the NBA with, with the Knicks trade and also thoughts on, you know, how, how OG and Denobi fits with them. Uh, recently, the Knicks acquired Inanobi in a trade that sent R.J. Barrett and Manuel Quickly in a 2024 second-round pick to the Raptors. Uh, New York is also getting uh, forward Precious Ikoa and Malachi Flynn in the deal. Um, Inanobi has been one of the league's most you know, coveted trade assets. You know They had the, the win last night against Chicago. Um, to you, Micah, in, in terms of this trade for, for the Knicks and what they're getting, uh, what, what were your thoughts on it for them and also you know how, they, how they're doing currently in these? Yeah, I think... I think it's a decent trade. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It's not this block trade. It's not going to be mm. amazing. But I think. I think it does something for for the Knicks that they didn't have with RJ Barrett. Because OJ OJ Anunoby OJ Anunoby is a freak of of a physical talent. He's six seven two forty. He can guard multiple multiple defenders, and he actually plays defense. Yeah. He he's averaging and Anunoby has averaged one point seven steals per game over the last two years, which is third most in the NBA. And so. With the system that they run right now, you have Bronson, you have DiVincenzo. Sometimes you sometimes you have some other people out there that can shoot the ball, and and but they really run a huge Brunson, Randall pick and roll, pick and screen that type of game. But that what OG does for them that RJ Barrett didn't give for them is they give another throw on the outside when that happens. So you they have to spread the floor more. Randall can be more dominant. Dominant Jalen Brunson can be more dominant, 
any other guy that can cover not just one position. He can he can cover. He's covered seven foot two centers. He he, yeah. he can cover the power forwards. He can he and he can he's quick enough to cover a point guard. He can cover any position. He can defend any position. And that's the reason why I think this is a this is a W for for the Knicks. It's not a it's not a massive. A big transforming, but I think they can win more games with him than they would win with, with RJ Barrett, even though they have similar stat lines when it comes to point per game. But OG Ananomi can get rebounds, he can get steals, he's going to put pressure, he can shoot the ball. He's shooting about, I think, 45% this year from, from three three point shoot shots wide open. I mean, he, he can shoot the ball, and that's what's going to happen when you have that pick and roll scheme that they run because. When, when they when they didn't have RJ, they had R, well, they did have RJ. They had him out there, and then you also had Hart and Sign and some other guys. And so you're crowding the floor of big men that can't shoot, and that's that destroys your pick and roll yeah. system with Brunson and Randall. So he gives them a lot of uh, different things alongside Grimes and alongside DiVincenzo out there with Brunson. Definitely. Um, to you, especially Savon, with Robinson being injured. Oh yeah, that's that's really that's, that's really uh, pivotal. To, to you, Savon, what were your thoughts on the trade, and also um, how he fits in with like some of the other guys, the key guys, Jalen Brunson. Um, uh, even Randall kind of improving and deep and deep in Chinzo as well. Too early to tell for me. Fouled out in his debut of the way he had what 17 points, three from six from three point line. And I think it's going to be his offense is going to be up and down. It's not going to be like big numbers. I think the last 11 games before he got trade, we had like 13, 13 points a game. I think more so is going to be the defense because he did have a still in his debut, but like you said, it's not a blockbuster trade. I just think they want to get Art Barrett out of there. There's a lot of noise about he was just like the, the missing link. They didn't want him there anymore. And he hasn't stepped up to the plate uh, since he's been drafted into the league. I don't think he's came to fruition just yet. Yeah. But I thought it was – I think it's too early for me to tell right now. And I, I don't want to say that him getting fouled out is any indication. I think – I mean, getting fouled out is, is whatever in the NBA – but it's too early to tell because he didn't have a full game. 35 minutes. But I want to see him at the tail end what he does. And I, he's not going to be a big offensive president. He might you know, stretch out the floor and shoot some threes for them, I think, which they need. I mean, Barrett really didn't do that. But the defensive president, I think, is what they needed the most. And that's what they went for. Definitely. Uh, so you say, Vana, are you, are you losing any uh, faith in the Lakers yet? Lost nine of their last 12. Darvin Ham. He's uh, on the hot I watched seat. Watched him lose last yeah, exactly. night. Exactly. <laughs> I'm saying it's getting <laughs> LeBron, AD, and nobody else. <laughs> oh my goodness, man! Yeah, and I'm not losing faith because I, you know I'm loyal. I'm not saying I'm a Lakers fan by by any point, but just saying this is my pick. I'm gonna stay with my pick regardless. But they this play so pick. sloppy. It they they put Lakers play so so That's sloppy. A lot of turnovers. Miami, yeah, they had what sixteen turnovers. No, 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 they had uh, eight or ten turnovers, sixteen points resulting from that. It was just sloppy passing, sloppy ball. Like they didn't really want to be there. LeBron, you could tell he's he's getting old. Sometimes you don't get back on defense. He just look at somebody, tur- make a turnover, just walk up the court, and and then AD man, I'm there's there's got to be something. There's got to be something. AD's actually been playing well this year. It's more so the supporting role guys. Like, what, what is now the, the most the start. Uh I mean, I just uh, they they have, especially in the they have the roster. I'm like, that's a deep roster. That's a deep roster. And Reeves isn't playing like he was last year. The other guys around him, Rui's not playing like he was last year. The other guys aren't playing like he was last year. And so you have, you're taking on uh, a guy who's over 20 plus years in league, LeBron, and a guy who's prone to injury with Anthony Davis. And this is what you're going to get. 
I mean, it, it is disappointing, especially with the hype that they had after coming off last that's season. And, um, yeah. And going in through the offseason, like, that's a good team. They, they've got some good guys to back up these guys, and it's it's disappointing. I mean, I love it because I hate the Lakers. <laughs> um, I'm a huge Spurs fan, so I've been sitting and watching. No, I, no, all, no. I, all I can do is Lemon sit Yama. and watch the glorious Lemon Yama <laughs> do what he does and have nobody else around him. Um, so I'm just enjoying this season. I, I it's it's been bad. We won like one. We won like five games. You know, I'm not here saying we're we're good. It's it's exciting that Wembenyama. Um, but it, it, I thought we were going to get a lot more from the Lakers this year than than we have so far. Same. I mean, especially after the end season tournament, everybody was like, "Oh man, yes. here's it." Savon did. Savon oh. was. Were, were you a fan yeah. of the end season tournament, Micah? No, I was not. <sighs> it's exciting. I like the. I like, I like the end season tournament. I don't know. Well, listen, that's all you wanted. All. You just wanted somebody to agree with you. That's all you wanted. <laughs> no, I didn't. I haven't talked to him about the yeah. tournament. I saw that. I, know, I saw that. I, yeah. I don't know about hanging the banner. Yeah, me too. I, that seems kind of cheap, but like, it, it was exciting. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I like, that was corny. They, they hung, hung the banner? banner yeah. Yeah, that was lame. I thought that was a banner. joke. No. That's no, it was 100% serious. Oh, my goodness. Because <laughs> I saw a meme with Kobe. It was like, we, yeah. And I was like, like, okay, that's just a joke. They're not going to do that. I'm like, that. you got money. Why do you need a banner? You got bonus. They you put up. Glorify mediocrity, bro. What is going on, bro? Yeah. yeah but crazy. you liked it, bro. You. It was exciting. It's a good it change to the face of the season. Back into the middle of the season, yeah. it yeah. did. And now they look at the Lakers. <laughs> now look at the Lakers. Gassed. The Lakers, but are they gassed, won the NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> you can't sit up with a straight face. It's a good. No, it really is a good idea. It brings a lot of excitement back into the middle of the season. Nobody really cares. They just wait for the playoffs. And it then, does. It gives some excitement for the players. And then now we're just like disgusted with the Lakers now. And because... they got some cool courts. <laughs> they got some cool courts the whole time too. They got the whole court. the courts were dope. Bro. <laughs> Nobody with epilepsy went to those games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Get sued for that. Forgive me. That's crazy. Forgive That's me. crazy. Forgive me. Um, and and I'll give it to, to uh, Minnesota and OKC. These these two teams have been top top two in the West yeah. consistently. OKC they keep winning big game after big game. Beat Boston um earlier this week. And yeah, I mean Shea Gil- Gilch Alexander, Shed Holgram, those guys have just been really clicking um obviously minnesota top of the west like to you micah which team has been kind of like more surprising and, and more impressive so far this year i mean the most surprising is hands down minnesota because because with with with, with what we have seen over okc the last couple of years we're like okay they have a lot of assets they should be here they should be here soon um it might be especially with the breakout of shea gilgis so like there's going to happen sooner than later with a healthy chet with healthy guys that they have around them um, I'm not surprised that they're here. Even, but both teams shot up from last season. Uh, Minnesota was 42 and 40 last season. The Thunder were 40 and 42 last season. Um, and so you, you look at these teams, and I don't see that from Minnesota. They didn't really change that much. You, you don't really see like this this massive influx of talent and, and, and prospects and guys that can really explode. Young guys. You have the same kind of players that you have. You have Gobert, you have Towns, and you have Anthony Edwards. And due to their credit. They, they've done their job and that's what they that's why it's surprising because they've just done their job and it's not flashy anthony edwards is flashy but it's not flashy for most of the most of the team but they're get minnesota's defense is giving up the fewest points per game in the league and that's the that's the biggest thing for them this season is their defense 
their defense has been absolutely outstanding. And they're also getting the help on offense that they need. They have, they have uh, players like Nas Reed, Michael Conley, and Jaden McDaniels are stepping up on offense. Um, you, and it's astounding has their, their middling of the offensive rebounds per game, assists per game, steals per game, and even their fourth most in turnovers per game. But both teams are incredibly consistent on offense and especially on defense. Um, the Thunder are first in three-point percentage, whereas Timberwolves are fourth in three-point percentage. Uh, they're third and the Thunder are third in field goal percentage. The the Timberwolves are are uh, I think sixth, sixth in field goal percentage. They're first and second in opponents' field goal percentage. Tenth and fifth in opponents' three point percentage. This is why it's astounding that the Timberwolves are at the top because statistically, if you're looking at the team stats, Thunder have been dominating on both sides of the ball. They have been absolutely incredible. <coughs> but me. the biggest thing for the Timberwolves is that they are not allowing other teams to score. And that's, I mean, that's the biggest, if you have the, the lowest de- defensive points per game, allow points per game in the league, you're going to have wins. And they've been able to win and they've been doing their job. And, and it's great defense from the beginning. And that's what it's exciting to see, to just see a defense dominate. Definitely. Um, to, to you, Savon, who has been the more impressive team? Because like, okay, see, people are starting to feel like, man, this team can go to the Western Conference Finals just out of, out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and Obviously, we have to see them in the playoffs, but but who who to you yeah. between the two would you have your pick as the most impressive? I would say OKC because I think the Timberwolves. We already knew Edwards is going to explode after we see him in the whatever that crap was. Uh... Dance season? No. At what? No. What are you, what are you about? <laughs> no, I'm talking you, about you the world games. I'm the playing. world games. Oh, World Cup. You know? yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. World Cup. You know. And we see how how aggressive he was, mixing up the bag. I already knew isn't eventually it's going to be amount of time where he's going to be the star guy, and I think still think he's the guy. And you have Rudy Gobert. You still have Carl Anthony Towns who's playing out like, and then Rudy Gobert. I've, he's still playing at a high level defensively. So they have the veteran presence. They have a young guy who's stepping up and being the face of the team. That's I, I knew eventually they're going to figure it out. But OKC, they still have young guys. You look at this bench. There's nobody you can say, oh, I know them. This is what they can do. And I don't know if that's going to be their strong point or their weakness going into the playoffs and making a run to the NBA Finals. But Shea's playing. Josh Giddy, I think he had a career high of 23 points the other day. Uh, uh, Jalen Williams had four steals in that loss, I think, yesterday. And, like, these guys are starting to figure it out. But they're still young. And I think that's what I'm most impressed with because we've seen what CP3 did when he came over and – led them to this to this point and then after they were gone they were right back at square one so they're trying to figure out a formula they're yeah. still young Chet Holmgren. i'm still high on chet home green i think if he would never got hurt in the pro-am i think would have been he would have been more of a household name by he would have been the focus and I, he would have been the focus yeah of that rookie. <laughs> for sure nah because he he has a game he, he gets dunked on but i mean everybody gets dunked on yeah, now <laughs> everybody yeah, gets close to around i mean i i agree with you on all of this you know i i think they, that they are the more talented team but i think it's impressive to see what the timberwolves have and the lack of changes that they have and lack of hype outside of anthony edwards and carl anthony Towns, and they're still number one in the west but they I have a bench, this, though. Yeah, they do. They, they do have a solid they have bench. A bench. But I, I expect this from the hype of of the OKC. I expected this. I expected this to be them to be dominant either this year. Or next Did year. you expect them to be this high this early? A lot of people expected them to early, think, Yeah, but and I that's was, what's impressive. But I didn't think Timberwolves were going to be even close to this. Oh no, 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 for I, sure I, they I would. would. Give yeah, the no, no. Of, possi- of possibility to the Thunder, and that's why I'm saying 
that's why I'm saying the Timberwolves are more surprising. But not, the, not to me. I knew the Timberwolves were going to figure it out. You have one of the, one of the best de- <laughs> best defense performances from Rudy Gobert. I don't know. That's all the Thunder do with this. I, I'm so high on Shea Gildas, man. He's so good. That's all. I I knew he was a great player, but then, you, bro, you don't know. Josh Giddy came out of nowhere. He just had a career high. He did, but he had points. a good season last year. Jalen Williams. All high on Chet Holmgren. Yeah, Chet but those Holmgren, two Williams. players, and they don't have a bench at all, and they're still winning. You know. I think I that's going to be their Achilles heel later down the road, but I didn't think they were going to be this hot and be top three this fast. I thought it was going to maybe squeak by after uh, the All-Star weekend, and then they'll start getting in that groove right before and then jump back in there and then be top five, not this early. But I mean, we'll, my we'll see. At the beginning of the season, I'm having them at fifth at the end, and I had Minnesota still at eight. So that's why, for me, it's surprising. That's so why you, I'm so you have that. OKC finishing at five? I had them before the season. I had them finishing five. So you had one and four. Um, oh man, I'm pretty sure Denver. I, um, Denver was number one for sure. Um, let me pop that. I had. I had. Did you have I Sacramento in there? Up. You have Phoenix. I had Sac. I had Sacramento at two. Okay. And then and then I had I had Dallas at three. Ooh, I'm and glad then I had, Ooh, that changed. Really then I had fast. Phoenix at four. <laughs> But a lot of things change, man. Yeah, a lot, yeah. of things a lot of change in the season. And then I had Phoenix at four, and and that was where that's why I okay OKC okay, I didn't envision the Lakers and Warriors. I didn't think Golden State was going to be that bad. I didn't envision the Lakers were going to be this bad. Yeah, Phoenix being number they were nine. fifth and six. They were they were sixth and seventh for me. Would it be crazy to say that Memphis is going to make the playoffs? I don't think that would be crazy. If Jaw is jawing, he, he can man, they can do it. Your jaw is jawing, bro. <laughs> Like, nah. I, I, that dude's good, man. Nah, he's he so is. Good. He's so good. Yes, he has different I mean, in this game. They're five and a half games back from tenth right now, where the Lakers are at. You know, yeah. And they obviously have plenty of time, but they gotta get some. <clears> they <throat> gotta get it together. They gotta get it together. Yeah, that suspension they kind of. They didn't do him any favors. They didn't do him any things. favors. Oh, that destroyed them. That destroyed oh, them. for sure. And they knew what they were doing. <laughs> and, I, and you saw, you see now how valuable Jai is to that. Team. Yes. Yes. From going to second to fifth fourth last in the conference mm-hmm. bad and that's how that's how that i think that's a testament and i think jaw went out on that suspension it's like okay he's, he's pretty good he's a pretty valuable guy for this team that's the only reason why they were ever in contention last year well, along with jaron jackson of course. well they'll have a play-in tournament of availability there's so many tournaments within a tournament <laughs> uh. you like the play-in tournament though you're a fan <laughs> yeah yeah i'm a fan of play-in tournament because it gets you closer to the nba finals but this other one <laughs> Just pay them $500,000, bro. <laughs> Why we got to play for it? <laughs> What's going on? And now I'm gassed. Gassed up, Shawty. <laughs> LeBron at the end of it was like, man, this is a bad idea. I told y'all I got y'all. And now he was, oh, man, that's, yeah, I'm whatever. Um, and before we close out, Savon knows we always do this. We always do a, a list type of thing. He, he, he was wanting to, to do a top five NBA players list. So I was like, hey, when Mike is back on, we got to do it. So top five <laughs> NBA players of all time. At five, I got Shaq. Four, I got Magic Johnson. Three, I got Kareem. Two, I got LeBron. And one, I got Mike. No Kobe. Hey, Kobe's top ten. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. That's surprising that he's, he's not in your top ten. five. Okay, Micah, who, who do you have for your top five? So I'm gonna go backwards because it's really similar. I got number one is obviously Michael. Uh huh. Ain't nobody like Mike. It's the world is round. Michael is the best best basketball player in the history of the game. That's it. That's it. My, Michael Jordan is the best. He's number one. Number two is LeBron. LeBron's longevity and his stats 
proved to us that what he can do at this all the season, he's got the stats to prove it. The th- thing that hurts him, obviously, is the playoff record and the finals record. Number three, I mean, I, I'm going alongside you with you. Number three for me is Kareem. And number four is Magic. Never never seen a, 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 a guy like him that can dominate in one position. Mm-hmm. And number five is, where I'm, is where, where I'm skipping. Six, I have Shaq. Number five, and again, I, I mentioned the same say, the say at the beginning that I might be a little biased, but I'm going to give you a case. Tim Duncan is number five it. all I time. Knew it. I know he did, yeah. Tim Duncan is number five yeah. all time. The best power forward by far. Yeah, Nobody for even sure. Nobody close sure. to him. Better than Carl Malone, for sure. When you, have, when you have a guy like Shaq who said, if you make the argument to me that Tim Duncan is the best player who ever played the game, I won't fight you on it. And you, when you have Popovich at the end of uh, Tim Duncan's tenure, and he's talking, I wouldn't be here. I'd be coaching him some, in some rec league or trying to play basketball if it wasn't for Tim Duncan. What Tim Duncan has been able to do for this team, he's, he's remarkably unremarkable. Yeah, he's one of the most consistent players to ever exist and dominant yes. from, from the get-go. He changed the landscape of a small market team in the San Antonio, San Antonio Spurs forever. He's only one of, one of the GOAT candidates to win championships in three decades. He's the only one. I'm so played, glad you gave that to him instead of the Admiral. Yeah, he, he he played 19 seasons, five titles and six trips, and he barely lost that sixth one based on one of the only times Pop has ever made an error in, in the people that yeah. he's putting out there. Yeah. Ray Allen shot. Yeah. He's tied for fourth in rings. He's had to compete in a difficult Western Conference with, with two other GOAT candidates in Kobe yeah. and Shaq. Yeah. Um, 15-time All-Star, two MVPs, 10 All-NBA first teams, eight All-Defense. Um, three finals MVPs, 16th all-time in point six and rebounds, fifth and blocks. He's a defensive menace from a seemingly non-athletic build. And he elevated his game from just a low-post player to a mid-range player throughout his career. And that's one of the things that I said. Most people don't <laughs> most people don't do that. Most people will stay down low or try and they fail. And he elevated, he's a sharpshooter from that elbow. I mean, he really was. Um, honorable mentions, I I had Shaq at six, I had Larry Bird at seven, I had Bill Russell at eight, Walt at nine. Curry at 10 and Kobe at 11. Yes, Steph at, yes, top 10. Steph is top 10. I keep, I no, keep trying not. to say because it. Because of the way that he changed it. the game. <laughs> There's top only 10. two people Steph that have ever 10. changed the game that Curry has. Mm-hmm. Who's your top five? If that's the case. Okay. Shaq. No, no, no. Here we go. LeBron James, number one. Oh. Mike, number two. You got to give me Wilt Chamberlain. I don't care. The Will Chamberlain was the goat, man. To be able over to... Kareem, yes, yes, over Bill, yes. Will Chamberlain was something. Um, he has one record that never will be broken. The man, I mean, and then it, I don't know. Will Chamberlain, oh, okay, and then Scottie Pippen. You better quit. Cut this you off. Quit, boy. You cut this off. You better quit. <laughs> You put Scotty in top five. This is a joke list. Oh, my goodness. It started off a joke list with LeBron at number one, so keep going. Oh, wow. LeBron <laughs> is the best player to ever play basketball. LeBron, Mike, Wilt Chamberlain. I had um, Kobe at four. You just can't go against Kobe. What I've seen him do, obviously, accolades speak for himself. Him, I mean, just he just wanted it more, bro. And then five, this is, gets tricky. I had Larry. Cause Larry was a dog. Larry was a dog. Larry was a dog. One of the most underrated top goat yes. players of all time. And then I so had good. Magic at six, uh, Tim Duncan at seven, uh, Jerry West at eight, Bill Russell at nine, 
and then Kareem at 10. Yeah, man. Kareem at 10 is crazy. Having that Kareem, point that's so low for Kareem. Bro, it's like the the like one of the greatest Kareem was the a greatest game changer, ever. But he was on a stacked team. Not he was the be- I'm not saying he wasn't the best player, but he was on a stacked team. Kareem before was he was with player. the Lakers, he was with the Milwaukee. He was even doing things, putting yeah, up working with Milwaukee. He wasn't with Kareem until he, he got to the Lakers, brother. All he had was Oscar. He won the championship with the Bucks. He wasn't Kareem until he got to the – he changed his name until he got to the Lakers. That's what I'm saying. Y'all, back, read, back y'all read it too much back into check. it. He's the same dude. No, he's different. He's Kareem. Literally the same guy. Y'all went over your um, head. What, what, I, what I noticed and, and something that I left out, Hakeem is not in my top ten, which is interesting. Hakeem's not in your top ten. Oh, Hakeem. No. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people have a top 15 player. But. Top 15 for sure. He was. I mean, he had a dream shake. He was. He was a, a sniper. On, but it was just. He didn't. I think he's got the wildest list here, Savon. <laughs> Shaq definitely puts in front. I think Shaq was a better player than Hakeem. Just. Oh, for sure. That's not even close. Yeah, yeah. but Hakeem was a good player. I thought somebody. I thought he was going to put David Robinson in, or credit David Robinson for putting San, San Antonio on the map. So that's why I said I'll I'm glad David, you gave it to I'll, Tim Duncan. I'll credit David Robinson for getting injured the season before so they can get the number one pick. <laughs> I love David Robinson. Don't get me cool. wrong, but it, but if he didn't the get injured, towers. we wouldn't have had that pick. We never we would never have gotten him. Yeah, yeah. So thank you, David Robinson, for having an unhealthy knees. Because Tim Duncan was that guy when he yeah it was immediate turnaround, bro. Tim Duck, yeah. And that boy didn't start playing basketball because he was 15 years old. You you gave a good autobiography, me a biography. He by was the way. a swimmer before this. He I was mean, a swimmer. Oh, you know everything, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I know that dude. That's my guy. I didn't know he was a he looks like a swimmer. Wait, he looks I like f- a swimmer. I fell in love with the game because of Tim Duncan. He's my favorite player to ever play the big game. Big fundamental. Um big fundamental. So good, man. So, so consistent. consistent. So consistent. So so consistent. Absolutely. Man. Well, Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on it. And we got to do this again back in February when the 49ers win. Shout school. out to Scotty Pippen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have an NFL, we'll have an NFL review for sure. Shout Absolutely. out to Scotty Pippen. Shout out to 49ers losing. Um, no. Shout out to Seth Curry being a top Shout 10 player. Shout out to Seth Curry being a top 10. <laughs> Shout out to Kyrie and everybody that LeBron leached off of to win oh, championships. Oh, goodness. Oh, no. We got oh, to oh, no. run that back for part two. We're going to run that back for part two. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Now we're getting to our album reviews. And to start off with the first one with the game and big hits, Paisley Dreams, and this new surprise album to start the year off. Both rappers showcase, you know, their West Coast roots and and craft beats that that exude LA vibes and are focused on the dark history of LA as well. Um, And this was a very, you know, with with, with Hit Boy involved in it. um, I think they said they got it done like, in one night, only nine songs or, or something. And it was interesting because right. the game obviously is a, a very consistent type mm-hmm. of rapper. Um, you know what you're going to get from him. A lot of bars. I, I thought mm-hmm. this was a, a good, a good project. This, this was, they were very focused on it. They yeah. knew what they were going to try to do in totality of it. What were kind of your, your initial takeaways from this project? Great production. Obviously it's hit boy. So we, we already knew what we we're going to yeah. get with that. Like he can collab with anybody and just produce something so Sounds crazy. Incredible. And um, with the game, and a lot of, and I know he goes back and forth with a lot of people. I think the game is a great lyricist, and he has so many bars. And I think he has that unique sound with his voice and be able to to bring things out. 
and you know I'm high on the game because he he's I think he was on one of the the craziest um, diss tracks ever. I think it was him and Tyga, and I forgot who they were beefing with, but he had a verse on there was like crazy bars. And then he I think he went back and forth with ah, I can't remember outside of Fifty Cent and all these guys, but I think he's a staple in the rap game. He know he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. He but this album was fire. Yeah. Um, definitely got saved. In the catalog, yeah. I think the game is underrated in so many aspects. And the hooks were better than I thought they were going to be. Not going to lie. Um, but no, nah, I really like this. I like uh, Dom Kennedy. I, he's underrated too. One another he underrated uh, rapper. And then who else was on here? T. Flea. I didn't know who he was, but I thought they jail well. Like nine songs. Very concise. More yeah. so like a... Yeah, borderline EP. On That's what I'm about to say. It felt like a borderline album. EP. Yeah. yeah. But I, I love the way he did nine songs. You don't got his point across, did what he had to do, nine songs. Didn't have to have 13, 14, 22 songs on here so it can get redundant, precise number, nice beats. One night, nine songs. I thought it was pretty well, pretty good. And that's really the thing because, you know, a lot of times with albums like this, we mentioned it with with uh, Two Chains and, and Wayne and Meek Mill, Rick Ross. Sometimes you can like extend the album too long. Do you feel as though kind of all all parties involved kind of knew like, hey, this is just one of those nights where we can get to get something done really quickly, but we don't have to make this like an, an expansive type of project. I'm sure they had more songs. Yeah, oh, when you when you're in the studio, they probably was in there all night, all day. When you're in the studio yeah. cooking up songs, songs. You stockpile, like, okay, this is... I'm just glad they came to... I'm pretty sure it was, like, at least 15, 16 songs that they did to yeah. kind of, like, minimize and, and concisealize it. And that's not a word, but I just... But no, I like the way they did it. I'm pretty sure it was way more songs than nine. But yeah. They made the conscious decision to just put nine songs in there, which is a literally an odd number i that never is like an, seen a like very because remember like there was a, a time back in the day where nine song albums were really popular but we don't yeah. really see that anymore no people yeah. just have like seven or eight or if you want to do it just do 10 songs yeah to make it a full but they did nine songs i was like well <laughs> here you go happy new year <laughs> i don't need to do it but nah very very dope that they I like just this. went with nine songs Thank absolutely you. And clap. People keep keep this trend up for the for the rest of the year. Hopefully, <laughs> we know they won't. <laughs> no, they want twenty two songs. <laughs> Streaming purposes. Um, and now we get into our next review with West Side Gun, Conway the Machine, The Alchemist, Hall and Nash uh, two. And this album, which was you know finally put on streaming services recently, uh, there was great chemistry displayed. The Alchemist understanding of the kind of beats that work for Conway and West Side Gun, which is perfect as usual. Um, and, and I think West Side and Conway, obviously, they're both very familiar with each other. Um, and it kind of it kind of shows that I don't I don't know which one you thought had like the more impressive um, lyrical performance. I think Conway is just always really consistent. West Side he kind of hits tries to hit you more with the punchlines. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought I thought this was a, was a dope project. And whenever we're going to be biased towards the Alchemist, whenever he's done it, yeah. I'm always going to be like interested to see what type of production he picks, and it's always on point. Uh, so you kind of how did you feel about this project overall? Nine songs, relative again. <laughs> yeah. You picked a, a good batch of uh, projects for that song. <laughs> but no, yeah, obviously, you made a great point. What side is going to be more boom, boom, boom. Conway is going to give you a whole story, whole yeah. delirious vibes. And I think it's a good contrast. 
Because yeah. with some some artists can do both within sixteen bars or whatever how long the verse is, but when you have two artists who specifically do this thing and they can come together on a crazy alchemist beat, bro, this is hip hop, man. I, I love, 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 love this type of music because yeah. it, it it brings you back to those times and how they rapped, how they how they told mm-hmm. stories, how they did these things. And these two guys, I feel like still underrated, especially West Guy, West Side, West Side Gun, bro. Yeah, he is such a good rapper and so <sighs> versatile, where he can flip the switch. Like he does this style, and he can get really crazy, like rap, rap. Yeah, and um, I don't think he's talked about enough. I don't think Conway has talked about enough. Obviously, Alchemist is a well known name. Why do you think they name. aren't? Why, why do you think they're? I guess it's the type it's of style. Yeah, yeah, it's hip hop. It's not. It's not gonna be like played on radio stations. It's not gonna be like catchy. It's gonna be gritty. The hooks are gonna be gritty. It's not gonna be pop, 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 rappy rap. It's gonna be real raw hip hop. And a I lot heard of a podcaster people, say, heard a podcaster say, this isn't the type of music you play around your girlfriend. <laughs> no, you don't. This is the type you play with the homies on your own spare time or whatever the case may be. You don't play this unless, <laughs> nah, never. <laughs> what is this? Can what you change this? it? Oh my goodness. Turn, oh my God. <laughs> Turn on ice melts. <laughs> but no, nah, but that's exactly why they're not talked about as much. Because, but I, I love that though. Yeah. Because you have authentic um, fans mm-hmm. who are capable of a more truer ear, a more purest ear of hip hop, and they can Definitely. listen to this for countless hours instead of having to listen to a hook that's catchy and the bars are terrible or the beat is amazing. And the, this is like so many elements that make a song good. And I think this is what hip hop should go back to, but it's yes. not. It's, you know, the lay of the lands. They have the fundamentals. They have all the fundamentals, and they, yeah. they it every time. Um, and now getting to our next few with John Batiste's Old Music Radio. Um, in this album, you know, he tries to appeal to everyone. He's had a, a jazz background in the past and the wide range of possibilities of global music. Um, he also, he's an artist who's tried to blend, you know, jazz, uh, soul, funk, R&B, and hip hop. Um, and, and this was interesting because it's um, I heard about this album, and people said like there was an array of sounds in it. And I feel as though he can sometimes he knows where he wants to go to, but I personally kind of feel like it was it was like an album that was all over the place. Um, yes, it had some highlights, but I, I I kind of wish I, I would. I think he has a pocket he can go to, like maybe if, he, if it's more of like that jazz type of masego sound would sound better. But mm-hmm. this album was like uh, an extended playlist that he kind of wasn't sure of, of where he wanted to go to. He just wanted to put a bunch of records on with a bunch of features. Um, to you, overall, how did you feel about the project, bro? That's this is that's a perfect analysis. Like. Literally a playlist. It reminds me of Drake's one, um, oh, more, more life. life. Yeah, it was, was so every. It was good music, but yeah. it was like so Everywhere. different. Many, yeah. You had drill, you had reggae, dancehall. Dance hall. Yeah, really. <laughs> like it was so many things. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, but you liked it so much yeah, because it you flowed it. well. I don't think this flowed well. This one didn't flow well. It was too chaotic. I mean, it had some good songs in here, but it was too chaotic for me. Yeah. I'm like, bro. You have so many different <laughs> artists on here. Like, Kenny what's G, going on, Kenny bro? G. Lewin. <laughs> why is Kenny like, G, on, Kenny this, G on, on this album? This album? <laughs> I was like, hold up, hold up, man. <laughs> but I don't know who Rita Paez is, bro. <laughs> I don't know who <laughs> Hello, Billy Bob. That's the first song on the album. Hello, Billy Bob. 
yeah, this was chaotic. This was um, this had to be on acid rain or something. Bro. Like, <laughs> this is too chaotic. It doesn't flow. It doesn't flow. Like like, doesn't like when flow, an artist bro. has has like you know they're popular and they have like a lot of connections. When you have like an album that you're trying to make an extended play- playlist type of feel, what would you reckon? Like like what do you want to see from artists when they can do that and what direction they should take it in? It's not about quantity. And everybody knows it's not about quantity, it's about quality. Just because you have these so many connections, utilize them well. Like Lil Wayne should never been on here. Um, <laughs> J.I.D. and New Jeans, them, they should never been on here. Great weird. song, by the way. Yeah, but should never be should never been on here. You have to, as an artist, be smart. Obviously, you're doing this for yourself because as an artist, you want to put out music that you like. Maybe you did like this, but you don't have to show, hey, look, I got all these features that I could put on here. And I'm going like, no, that could have been a separate EP. That could have been something oh, yeah. separate. It should have been, like, been four or five EPs. No. no yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> it's 22 songs. It could have definitely been a four or five EP. But I just think it was too chaotic, bro. You have to be smart as an artist of what goes on what. If this if it's gonna be a playlist, do like Drake. Say it's a playlist. This is not an album. This is not a mixtape. This is a playlist. He was direct. Were, it. Yeah, it would have been received it better. Then I'm like, okay, I'm not expectations of this being an album, and it doesn't flow. It doesn't make sense. This is a playlist. Say it, it's a playlist. Yeah, yeah. Be upfront of what you're trying to convey to the audience. Definitely. Um, and I'll get into our next review with Genevieve's division. I'm in her debut album for 2021. It's a, it's a you know, really consistent display with a sign of self-assurance that keeps her from looking into the rearview rear view mirror at missteps. It's got 90s R&B mixed with late 2010s all over. And it, 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 to me, it was a really great mix because for a debut album, I, I saw, um, I can see the potential in it. And, and, I, and I, I thoroughly enjoy Some debut albums, I'm like, okay, there's potential, but I didn't enjoy it as much. This one, I really did enjoy from, from start to finish. Um, how did you kind of feel about this album overall and, and how would you kind of grade it, you know, as a, as a debut project? I liked it. Um, there are a bunch of good songs in here. Not, not a bunch. It was, yeah. It was, Powder, to me, it was quality songs for a, for a debut album. Quality songs yeah. made sense, flow well. Yeah. I think she has a, a ceiling that she can get to. Because, you know, for some artists, the either AR managers or whatever or raises ceiling to where the artist can never get to. Yeah. But I think she has she has a, the capacity to to be versatile. I want to see a more um conceptual album or EP where she really shows the writing and yeah. what like just try Bring to bring all that to together. The, yeah, but I think this this was was this was pretty good. Like I like Cry Baby, I like uh Resume, Baby Powder um, nowhere. There was some. There was some some good songs in here. I liked her voice too. It was it was pretty dope. And I couldn't. I couldn't figure out who she sounded like, which is a good thing. Because we always know. That's key. That's yeah, key. <laughs> we love people who have their you. own sound. Yeah, <laughs> they have your own sound. You don't sound like anybody else. Oh, she's with Interscope. Well, Joy Face. She's probably Interscope. Probably has a um, distributing deal or something like that. But. Nah, you put me on somebody new again. Wellington, your flowers, bro. You get Savon's corner. Flowers go to Wellington. Wellington, Wellington always <laughs> finds artists out of nowhere. It doesn't matter where somebody recommends them, but art, Wellington always finds his dopest artists and put me on new music. 
I sent it to I him a lot me. later. I sent him. I sent it to him a lot, like the day before. But I was like, I think he yeah. would like this one. So. <laughs> nah, this was dope, bro. This was really dope. I never heard of her before. Obviously, it's a 2021 project, but um, and I think she just dropped this. Dropped the single. EP, I think, in 2020. Oh, she dropped a no. That was 2022. She hasn't dropped in a while. Christmas special, November 4th. I wonder if she's still doing music. That's interesting. Hmm. I wonder why she stopped doing it's music. It's been a minute, but we, I would like to hear more music from her, though. I would, yeah, I would yeah. Like to hear music from her. I was what they're what they're doing with her. Well, that sounded weird. I wonder what they're <laughs> trying to... <sighs> Get done. Yeah. Wait, what are we talking <laughs> As an artist, you know, they, yeah. they'll take an artist off and try to um, kind of cultivate them a little bit, switch the sound or whatever the case may be, trying to get them back and then put out an album or something to get them back in the the light. Like they do SZA. You know, SZA dropped that one album and they kept her on strengths until she dropped the, you know? Yeah. So maybe that's what they're doing with her. Definitely. Um, my, my prediction for 2024, I think Cecily is going to drop in the springtime. I think Cecily is going to come back. Cecily. I think Cecily is going to come for a, for, for a spring release. Cecily. Cecily. What? Uh, Why does that sound so the without you, the, the, the Without You single. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah, yeah. I think like middle. Yeah. Cleo yeah. got to drop again. Cleo too. Cleo got. I listened she's to Rushcom. Yeah, she's she's amazing. Another person you put me on. Never knew who Cleo so was. I remember she the first time. Music. Yeah, <laughs> the first time we reviewed her, man. Like she, that mother yeah. album was so special, and then it dropped two yes. last year. What's her Dixon ceiling? What's Cleo so? What's Cleo so ceiling to you? She doesn't have one. She doesn't. Have you know one. why? She's that good. And she's so versatile. And I know we throw this word around a lot, but to be an artist, you have to... That have Mother to album and for the two other projects she did, totally different. Totally different in my eyes. And yeah. she progressed in every way to be able to put that type of music out and still be great. And then have bangers that you can dance to. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, so it's she can make you dance. She can make you feel any type of feeling. And I think that's in the RB artist or artist or whatever you want to put her, categorize her in. I think... With your pen, you have to make people feel. She makes you feel all those. Because I forgot what song I listed the other day. I was in my office just, just jigging like this the whole time, <laughs> doing paperwork, jigging. <laughs> um, but Dixon is another person you put me on. He just dropped a single called Friends. Um, what's the album? What's the album called? We reviewed it. It's uh, double, double, 004 Daisy. This one, yeah, yes. you put me on him. I listen to this so much. I'm gonna make you oh. dead. Yeah, yeah. What you a put song, me on man. Him. He's fire. He's fire, bro. Definitely. Um, now getting to our last review with, with JID's Thirty Freestyle. Um, in this new track, you know, which had a, a booming beat, courtesy of conductor Williams, mm. Christo, and, and, and Saint Bruno, JID showed a high level of skill and lyricism. He just he just commands the beat entirely. Um, and and t- talking about people who I expect a big year from, I definitely expect a big year from JID. I think he's got um, a lot, he, a lot of music he can put out. Um, maybe, maybe an EP, maybe uh, uh, I, I know he's going to do a solo album, but there's also been talks of him working with Metro Boomin for for a collab album. Um, this, this this song, man, he just he really was in control of it from the jump. Um, obviously, whenever you have the conductor Williams tag, you know it's going to be a great quality in terms of just production and and lyricism combined. Uh, to you overall, how did you kind of feel about this track? Again, I'm gonna throw this word out there: versatile. Jid can find so many ways 
to yeah find different melodies different different concepts and he's just so talented the man is super talented and i think he's one of the like top five younger rappers because he has the lyricism he has the bars yeah he can make incredible hooks it's it's so many things it goes into being one of those one of those ones he can make good hooks yeah make good hooks <laughs> lyrical bar heavy Great at features, yeah. Because you, I think as an artist, you have to be good at features. Obviously, you're going to be good on your own music because you know the direction. Can you fit the direction of the artist whose song you're on? Yeah, switch it up and be able to get on. And he does that very well. And I think a lot of he's he's one of those ones. We we, he's one of those young goats for sure. Because it's not much you can say about GID that he cannot do, and he has not done already. Being with like three rap groups, being a solo artist because he was Spill Village. He's yeah. with um, Dreamville. He's his, his own artist as well. I think he's with somebody else. He does. I think he does stuff with um, shoot, do with Pivot Gang. Um, Saba. He does stuff with Saba, Saba yes. all the time. Yeah. yeah, he does stuff with Saba all the time, which is underrated. I think he's one of those ones too. Saba can flow. Saba can find some different ways. Him and Smino. Smino's another one I think is a young goat that he doesn't get a lot of credit. He's underrated because of his, his style. Smino. Smino is a dope nice. man, and how he can just like he just finds he just finds different ways to to bring good music out, and I think yeah. that's really hard, especially now because a lot of people not doing that. A lot of people not being consistent in the music. It's I don't think he's at that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think he's at that point, or are these guys at the point where they have to switch it up yet? Because it's still in their adolescence of their career. Once they get to the level of like, you know, Drake and J. Cole, all these, Kendrick, all these other guys, then we'll want to say, hey, try something different a little bit, but don't get too far away from what you do. They're not that level yet. We just want them to be consistent and drop in good music and yeah, doing just that. Absolutely. Do, do you think how many albums do you think do you think JD's gonna do like maybe one album EP before or how do you kind of think he's gonna play it out this year in terms of what he's gonna release? Normally he doesn't really drop. Well, actually, I don't think he really drops that many. EP, um, he doesn't really drop EPs. that many EPs. Yeah, I it's always it albums. Album. Yeah, I feel it just be the album. But I know sometimes artists will say that in the song that like, might drop a project before that before the album. But I think he's just gonna it's gonna be albums. I think it's gonna be an album too. because yeah. I mean, obviously mixtapes are. Not as popular as it used to be. So definitely an album. Obviously, you got to meet the requirements of your your label and drop some music. I'm still waiting to see if Scissors are going to drop. I knew she was going to drop at the end of the year. That wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I knew that wasn't going to happen. She was, she was teasing it just to build the hype yeah. up again, which I'm shocked she's coming coming back this quick. So whatever, yeah, whatever it's going to be, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's... She has a lot of expectations now. Yeah, she does. Two for two. Yeah, it's just two for Remember two. Remember we talked about a lot of people can't... Like we talked about Bryson Tiller, how he had a phenomenal first album and came back with the second album was Dog Doo Doo. She was able to do back to back good albums with like five, was it five years apart, six years mm-hmm. apart? Five. Yeah, five years and apart. And then you dropping something right after that, probably like a year later, then it has to be, it has to be good. I would keep the same formula that they're doing. Wait. Just keep doing what you're couple, doing. Yeah. <laughs> It's working. It's, yeah. SOS is gonna have a it's gonna have a long lifeline. So it, it's people gonna run that back a lot. Mm. Um, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Wendy Burns. I'm my kind of part. Save on Morris. This has been full scope. See you later.